This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show, the damn news, is sponsored by Zebit. Oh, Spread yeah. some cheer this holiday season with zero interest, zero fees, and zero credit checks. Buy what you need and pay for it over time. Get your gifts this year on zebit.com slash BC. That's Z-E-B-I-T dot com slash BC. Zebit.com slash BC. In a world where they've been suppressing the truth for so long, but you finally have your own episode, your whole episode, just to tell the damn truth. My name is Toby Morrell, and this is the damn news. Yeah. Joey, are you excited? I feel excited. I can't believe I don't know where the excited feelings came from, but they came. They're here. All right. I am a pumped up person that we get to sit here and do the news for a little bit. A short episode where we can focus on stuff that's important. Let me tell you why we're doing that. We've get into this stuff. We've got a lot to say. We most of the time do one episode a week. And Toby brings stuff and Joey brings stuff. And I've got a whole notebook that I write stuff down all week long that I want to talk about on this podcast. And we rarely get to do it. And so what we're doing, at least this week and maybe in weeks in the future, I don't know. It's our podcast. We can do what we want is uh, we're just going to break the news out and just do it separately and take the time to do it right. That way we have a little bit more room in our normal episodes to do what we want to do. Hell That's yeah. why we're doing this, and I reserve the right to change this podcast as many damn times as I want to, because our podcast and your job is to like it, and you've told us you like what we do, so we're going to continue to do what we feel is the right thing to do. Thank you to having sponsors and the fact that we can do extra episodes. Thank you to the BC Club for ha- ha- giving this. You know what I want to, to talk about real quick, Toe, before we get to story number one? Yeah, no, no. Hey, this is the damn news. Talk as long as you want, you bastard. Okay, all I want to say is we're in a new space right now. If you're watching this live on the the internet. We didn't have time to talk about it last time. We're in the new BC headquarters in Seattle. We have a space, a commercial space. That's an office that Reva and I go to Jake, Jacob. We got the team here. Um, and it's good. We're going to build the space out. I showed the BC club, the new space and all the stuff we're going to do. I'm going to put a floor in next week is very, very exciting. Things are moving up for us. And it's, 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 it really is an amazing thing. It, it, it's amazing. I have a space that I can get out of the house and not have to be around my family, even at all, not even in the garage. And here we are. So we're going to brought, we, we leave the camera set up. So if we want to pop in and do news, so be it. And that's what we're going to do tonight. Heck yeah. All and right. Hey, la- last but not least, Toby's not going to want to, Toby's not going to want to share this, but Fox news has already written us and they want rights to the damn news. And we yeah. just told them not to gonna go sell. screw we're gonna themselves. Yeah, yeah. I I don't care about any news organization. Toby, please don't sell me and Matt out. You gotta stick with Bad Christian. Stay independent. I, Stay with us. Don't you worry. I am just going to tell the truth and I'm gonna get started right now. This is really cool for me because I'm gonna get to maybe read a little bit more. Really like like Matt said, we're gonna go a little bit more in depth in the stories, and I'm kind of excited. So here's my first story. It comes from Dead State dot com. And here's what's really cool once again. Roving reporter Dustin Woodward sent this a kind of a long time ago, but I thought this was pretty cool. Um, a new study says that tax exempt churches in the United States are costing its citizens $71 billion each year in tax breaks. These organizations could be paying into taxes that would help us. Yeah. Hey, Matt, just listen to the story, bastard. 
According to the Secular Policy Institute, religious groups receive $35.3 billion in federal income tax subsidies and $26.2 billion in property tax credits. They also enjoy $6.1 billion in state income tax and $1.2 billion of parsonage, Joey Svensson, and $2.2 billion in faith-based initiative subsidies. If religious or, this comes from Secular Policy Institute. If, if religious organizations were taxed like for-profit agencies, it was found that this could generate upwards of $71 billion dollars a year in tax revenue, even if churches were merely held to the standards of other nonprofit agencies, which I think is fair, this could generate $16.75 billion in tax revenue per year. They were nonprofits and not corporations. Right. Wow. So that's where we're at. at. So, so, so a lot of people are like, well, dang it. I mean, there's so much money there. You're doing all this stuff. Why couldn't we tax them right that way? And they could potentially, you know, come up with 71 billion extra dollars a year for our roads or our schools or whatever it might be. Now, here's the question I have. Okay, first of all, two two part question. One, do y'all think it's fair to tax churches? Two, do you think if uh people start taxing churches that people would just stop giving anyway? Joey, you're a pastor, you go first. I'd like to take a step back and say I definitely don't think the churches in anywhere to blame if you don't, if people don't like this, the government's the one that makes the policies and all that. So I think the government is who we should be more upset about. And and I I don't I have a hard time with this. I think because of how churches have progressed and where they're at right now and how they do things. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would I would feel a little uneasy about the big tax breaks, but it's it's too you you can't just make you can't reverse it. I mean, it's just, it is, they are nonprofit. So you would have to change them to for profit. Well, it's not even, no, yeah, but I mean, it's not even held to the same standards as nonprofit. That's, that's what's weird. Like it, it, other nonprofits, you know, like Compassion International or something, I think are still held to a certain tax rate that churches yeah. are not because you keep church and state separate. So they are not. Now, my question is what churches would say is oh, if you tax our money, we can't help people. But I actually believe that most of their money goes into, operational fees. For example, the Mormon church spends roughly 0.7% of its annual income on charity. Their study that uh, their study of 271 congregations found an average of 71% of revenues going to operating expenses. Compare this to the American Red Cross which uses 92% of revenues for physical assistance and just 7.9% on operating expenses. And that's that, that's of the Mormon church. I don't want to just call out the Mormons. Don't you think Christians uh, Christian churches are the same way. I mean, Absolutely. most of it's operating expenses just to keep itself going, which is crazy because my question is, does that mean that churches are really poorly using the money? I mean, how can the how can the Red Cross use 92% of its revenue for physical assistance and only 7.9 on operating expenses? What what's what is that? Let me tell you what the rub is here. And this is the, this is the problem this is a problem with all of Christianity is We've given it, and and we're believers. I believe in Jesus. I believe people go to heaven. I believe people get saved. I believe that. And so the problem is, if that's the ultimate thing, is there no way to not value that way above, well, roads or welfare or the things that tax, you know what I mean? Like if every, like if it's the most important thing, then you skate on everything else. That's And and so that puts you in a weird bind, right? So you would say a, a decent argument would be saving souls is so important. 
that every dollar we can do for the facility, it doesn't matter what it takes, even if it is for the sound and the lights and the fog machines and the worship band, the output of the church is saved souls permanent. That, and that's a, that is kind of a reasonable point for the Christian to have. So if you, and I've heard Christian pastors and leaders say, you cannot put us in that tax category because it will harm our ability to do the thing that's so much more important than yeah. the other stuff that we use tax revenue for. Now, here's where that totally breaks down. First of all, I think in the deconstructionist type people like us, we kind of go, yeah, maybe it's not so, I mean, maybe we overemphasize evangelism anyway. I mean, maybe we really do. Maybe we're not taking care of our planet and our people and stuff anyway. Now, this is where it gets screwy. We're just one religion. So all the churches have this loophole of not being, you know, not being accountable to the taxation code. And so if, for instance, you don't feel this way at all. You do not feel that Scientology needs protection, correct? Right. They need to get as much money as possible because, oh yeah, well that's totally broken down now. Like, yeah, you, that doesn't really hold up anymore. When you look at Scientology or another religion, right. it doesn't. So that's just you and your people. And so if you had to contribute to the government, I'm not into giving the government any more money either. I'm not saying welfare is better, but at least you're contributing to what other people are contributing to there. Uh, like you wouldn't like it if it goes to, you know what I mean? Like Scientology yeah. is like one of the biggest property holders in California or Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, it's just insane. And they're protecting, they don't pay taxes on any of it. And that's a, you know, that's a travesty. You know, that's wrong. Joey, now you work at a church, right? The church that I used to work at. Do you think, I mean, do you feel it's a travesty, the amount of money that goes to operational expenses, or do you think that it kind of has to be like, it just has to be that way? Well, I mean, you're going to have, you're going to have people that see things two different ways. And I would say I definitely lean more towards a, a grassroots approach to church where you're not having to spend a whole lot of money to keep it going. But I'm not going to necessarily say I have a monopoly on being right. I would say I, I do think that my way is a little more right. And at the same time, I see, you know, a lot of the good that comes out of a church like the one that I work at. But I would say to answer your question directly, yes, I think too much money is spent on operations. Wow. All right. <laughs> Mo moving on from the pastor's mouth to your ears. All right. I got one from Huffington Post here, and it's kind of in the divorce category. This one, this one bummed me out, and I kind of wanted us to take a minute and just talk about, uh, this is 12 confessions from husbands and wives in sexless marriages, all right? So th these, are, these are real people who are in marriages. It says, many couples quietly suffer in sex sexless marriages, quietly suffer. Isn't that interesting? I think that to be true. Here's the, th the, bar th the bizarre thing about sex. It's everywhere. It's in so much advertising. It's in so much media. It's in so much movies, music, everything. It's it's everywhere. It's like one of the most, if not the most talked about topic, the, one of the most talk, talked about topics. But in marriage, oftentimes it is kind of quiet. It's, it, you know, people kind of quietly suffer. And that's what this says. Many couples quietly suffer in sexless marriages. So many, in fact, that the top searched marriage complaint on Google, according to the to data scientist Seth Stevens Davidowitz, uh, searches for sexless marriage are three and a half times more common than unhappy marriage and eight times more common than loveless marriage. Ah, that just, that's crazy. So here are 12 real responses from men and women about their sexless marriage. One, my wife and I have, haven't had sex in months. She says it's because she's stressed about me being stressed. 
I'm stressed because we haven't had sex. It's an endless loop. <laughs> Number That's two. So true, man. In a sexless marriage, I hate it, and he knows it, but he does nothing about it. Three, I want to leave my sexless marriage, but I am so worried about what it will do to the children that I will probably stay. Being in a sexless marriage sucks. This wasn't what I signed up for, but I'd never leave her. My husband won't have sex with me and refuses to deal with that issue. I'm getting frustrated. I try my best to never make her feel guilty for our sexless marriage, but on the inside, I just want to scream. My husband won't have sex with me, and when I ask, he says, I ask too much, and he's too stressed. His rejection is really starting to hurt. My wife doesn't have sex with me, so I've decided to stop caring about it, but it's hard. I don't know how I'm going to keep going in a sexless marriage. And then I I can't believe my marriage has come to this. I can't believe I'm in a sexless marriage at 33 years old. He doesn't even try anymore. What's expected of me, uh, now I understand why people cheat. We all need intimacy. So the reason why I read this is because I was just, I really was thinking about it. Okay, in our society and in our culture, sex is premium, right? I mean, it sells things. It's used. Valuable, yeah. Right, right. It's very valuable. And how about this? Just Let's just look at the Christian world. It's set apart for marriage only. So in, in our belief system, it is like a crystal that you get after you get married. You know what I mean? Like a diamond. Yeah. Like oh, it's, yeah. something, it's something super special, super amazing. And then you find out, oh, I just don't get it. Or it just doesn't happen. So my my question is, what I mean, okay, first of all, I don't know if y'all want to go too deep in your own sexless marriages because I know both of you, you guys don't have sex at all. <laughs> but I'm just whatever, dude. Yeah, whatever, dude. Whatever. But how serious of an issue is this in our culture? Do you think this is like maybe an epidemic? Do you think it's rampant? Do you, and uh, maybe even talk about? I'd love to hear what your guys' points of view. I've been doing this true man experience. But I'd love to hear your your thoughts on do, do men just want it more and women just hate it or just don't want to do it? A lot of the quotes you just read were from women right. that yeah. say and what seemingly inexplicably that their husband won't have sex with them. And I, I don't understand that, really. I right. believe it and I've heard it. I, I mean, I totally believe it. And I've heard it a lot of times. It's very difficult for me to understand because I feel like I feel like I don't know. Just say it. (laughs) I don't know a good way to say this. And I, and I know you guys have heard me say it on the bus or whatever, but if sex was just on the table, if it was a thing you could just do indiscriminately, I would have sex with basically anyone. (laughs) I I really would. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Nothing's off the table for you. Yeah. I don't see any reason to have like a standard that's high for who you'd have sex with personally. If it was just do you want to have sex? Yes or no? You could probably have sex with almost any. I mean, unless it really disgusts. It, you would have to be very disgusting for me not to have sex with you if it was just like a woman that looked like Donald Trump. Yeah, no way, right? But but I mean, I mean, I'm being honest. I'm not trying to even be funny. I'm just saying, if it was about just doing it, I, I think I could do it with almost any woman. Uh, okay, I really okay. could. So I don't understand how the I, elderly. I, maybe, maybe. Of course, <laughs> I'm not trying to bust ethical bounds. I'm not trying to say anything creepy. I'm just saying if there's a I, I don't understand when people have very high standards. Say I wouldn't have sex with this girl or that girl. I think I would do if if it came down to it. I would have sex with almost any female. <laughs> I think I really think I would, and that makes me sound stupid or shameful or like for some reason people brag yeah. about having high standards. I only bang supermodels or whatever. Right. Now I've never had sex with anybody or my wife. 
that's true. It depends on what you qualify as sex. But since I've been married, I've not had sex with anybody else, and I don't intend to or want to. But I mean, if you could. But if I could, I would, I'm just being honest. But so no, I don't. Right. I really don't understand that at all. I agree with it does you. Does sound man. familiar to me to, to to hear my that. I mean, we don't have near as much sex in my marriage that I ever thought we would or would want to. That's true. That is true. I can handle. I can handle admitting that too. It's fine. Um, but. You know, I, I don't, I mean, it, I think it's a weird thing. Like, I, I don't, I have a hard time. Okay, hold on, hold on, Matt. Let me ask you a question then. That, that's an interesting thing. You said you have less sex than you thought you would. Now, the next question that, that obviously leads me to, does that tempt you ever to cheat? No, but I don't know. But not, not, I don't think I'm tempted to cheat. But what I'm saying is my involvement in the, the less amount of sex that we have than I envisioned is I'm involved in that too which is the interesting part. It's not just, I want to, and she doesn't. I don't try near as much as I thought I would. Yeah, That's right. what I think is really interesting. Like I'm now, fine with less than I've ever thought I would no. be fine. With. That is a, it's a really bizarre. And I think that phenomenon is, is based a lot on the fact that like you can be so close with your spouse and that can lead to a lot of sex or that can lead to, oh, this is just too hard. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I think a lot of people experience when they're single and they just have a, a lot of sex with a lot of people. And it's just such a shallow thing where when you're like with someone all the time and a part of their lives and everything, you don't just hop in bed and just start doing it. You know, I mean, yeah, there's a lot more to it. It's interesting. But Toby, the story goes, uh, is it a problem? Is it an epidemic or whatever? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll make a guess that I think that the whole males not wanting sex as much as the females. Yes. I've heard it so many times. I, I would I would guess it's up into 40 percent that that 40 percent of the disgruntled uh, members or, or disgruntled spouses, I would say, are the husbands. Okay, I mean, it's crazy. I hear it all the time. Man. So let me let me give a guess on maybe a cause of this or what it is. I don't think it's an epidemic, or I don't even think it's a huge problem. I think it's the way it goes. When I was a little kid, and I heard Rodney Dangerfield and stand-up comedians talk about marriage, I knew they were telling the truth. I thought it sounded absurd, but part of me thought, oh, they just these comedians talk about marriage like a bad thing. That that's not that doesn't line up with what everybody's telling me and everything else you see, but the commit George Carlin or Rodney Dangerfield, these people would tell the truth about it, but it seemed like they were just making jokes. You didn't think it was really true, but something rings true about what that really is. The opposite of that is uh, Disney princess, uh, massive expectation. So, you know, especially in Christianity, but probably in all of the world, there's a massive problem with people telling you you can do whatever you want and everybody's a princess and you're going to have the fantasy wife and you have the fantasy like the, that fantasy thing we put into children it yeah. never stops and i notice it with my daughter or daughters like the culture is princess you find the prince it, it, like we start it with expectations that are just never going to be right so there's no way marriage isn't a disappointment there's just no way it's not. Yeah. Well, now, how about this? I think they're going to live in a mansion. Like, remember in middle school right. and elementary school, you right. thought you were going to live in a mansion and be yeah. famous. <laughs> You're right. You thought that. Totally. <laughs> One of so here's, here's what's kind of interesting is when Priscilla and I were engaged, uh, Priscilla told a friend of hers that, you know, we had not had intercourse and we didn't plan on it until we got married. This girl laughed really and they're they're really good friends so it wasn't like a mockery and that pr pissed priscilla off but she was just like that's insane you guys are not going to know what you're doing it's going to be so awkward that's crazy and she was right 
Like, I mean, she was exactly right. It wasn't like this blissful, oh, everything just falls right into perfect place and, you know, on our honeymoon and everything. So it really is just, I mean... Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, hours earlier, you had just been told it was adult size. I mean, how could? <laughs> hey, what do y'all think about marriage? Y'all think, uh, okay, out of ten marriages, how many have decent sex lives? Oh, out of every ten, well, marriages, I mean, it depends what, on what you define as decent. What I'm saying is the expectation. Okay, twice a week sex in ten marriages. Matt, what's your guess? Two, two out of ten. I don't know the answer to this. But I would say one. Two out of ten. I would say one. Wow. Or one or two. Yeah, yeah. Now, okay, I'd probably say about the same. I'd say two or three out of ten. Now, out of all those ten marriages, uh, how many wish they had a way better sex life? Nine. Oh God, Joey, you think the same? But that, but so that's obviously nobody's fault. It's an expectation problem. That's where I would. La- that's where I land on it. I think there's a little gap. I think there's some people that are pretty disinterested, and it could all be right. physiological. Yeah, no, no, or- they're disinterested in having sex with their wife or or her with him. But they theoretically thought. Right. It would be better than that. Nobody thinks, yeah, this is about what I thought it would be. So you know what? This is way better than I ever envisioned when I was 18 years old. That's almost nobody, right? Another question out of those stats is how many are getting sex somewhere else and their right. spouse will right. never know. So, that, so the right. only question is how do you deal with real reality when it sinks in? Yeah. Do you have what it takes to deal with that or not? What if you don't care about having sex with your spouse? If you never knew, but they were having sex outside of your marriage, would you care? If you don't want to have sex with your spouse anyway, is it really that big of a deal? Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I get, I guess it is, but why not have sex with your spouse then if they really want it? Here's the funniest thing to me. The, our culture is so sexualized that it seems natural and normal and easy, and it's just not. Sex is not oftentimes comfortable or easy. <laughs> I see, I talk to dudes and see dudes like on the BC club and on the BC locker room and stuff like that talk about, not wanting it to get rejected, you know, from their wife, like actually having to go, hey, let's do it. No, nah, I don't feel like, and you just feel like a, a piece of shit or something or whatever. Like it's a real thing. And, and I'm sure females go through the exact same thing of, man, their husband, they, you know, they wear something sexy or they, you know, they flirt or whatever. And then the husband rejects them. It's it, Sex is way harder and more uncomfortable and weird than anybody wants to say. So what we do is we just stylize it and make it seem so cool and easy. You just, you know, turn on some R&B music and you start romping around yep. with each other, and it's just not that case. All right, we need to take a break. Yeah, let's do it. we got to pay the damn news bills, and then we'll come back here with a couple more stories. All right, so uh, I'll tell you what. You know what the funniest number is? I think it's zero. Yes. I mean, it's funny. It's almost not a number. It's zero. So the only thing worse than receiving zero presents over the holiday seasons is having uh, $0 to buy gifts for your loved You're ones. right. You know what I mean? $0 is the worst feeling in it's the world. It's bad. It's bad. It's, a, <laughs> it's funny even, but it, it is bad. So, But what if I told you you could buy what you wanted and buy what you need and pay for it over time with zero interest, zero credit check, and zero fees? And, oh, zero cost to join. Suddenly, zero, not so bad after all, right? Heck yeah. So that would be better. so bad. So that's why I want to tell you about a new website. It's called Zebit. Now, I think, uh, did y'all did y'all use Zebit yet? Oh, yeah, sure did. Yes. What did y'all get on there? I went to their marketplace, and it is so awesome. It's it Actually, it's pretty, it's very easy to use. I was looking around. I was like, hey, well, I might just check out Bluetooth headphones because I got the new iPhone 7. Got a killer deal on Bluetooth headphones, and they were at my house like a day later. It was just amazing. Awesome. I got a new phone wallet. It's really nice. That's great. So at Zebit.com, you can shop for millions of products, and you can pay over time. 
Yeah. You overtime you pay, and it's interest, interest free. free. That's right. It's interest free. They have a ton of great stuff. The stuff you got. They got Xboxes, toys, iPads, GoPros. Seriously. Great the, for Christmas time. That's yeah, what's so, so cool about this. Is, this, is why, this is why we're talking about it now. This is why they've come to us because we know, they know and we know you're going into the holiday season. They've got millions of products at competitive prices. They've got it all. And uh, for holiday shopping, I don't, I mean, that's really a good option. At Zebit, you buy what you need and you pay over time. If you work full time, Zebit works for you. So here's what you want to do. You're going to spread some holiday cheer this season zero interest, zero fees, zero credit check. You get your gifts for people you care about or even people you don't, for all I care, at zebit.com slash BC. That's Z-E-B-I-D dot com slash BC. Zebit.com slash BC. All right. Nice, guys. So, Toby, I want to tell you congratulations. Your news has broken out. It's broken the mold. It's the most it's a maybe the most popular identifiable branded thing that we do so much Thank so you. that we have put it in its own episode at least this week and right. have a sponsor on it so that's uh-huh. a that really is a big deal and you guys know we have the BC club which is great um there's big stuff there you can go to BC club the bcclub.com see what's going on there we put out an extra episode every single week for only, only the members the members get Every single week you get a second episode of that. So go to the bcclub.com and check that out for sure. And these people have gone to that website and they have joined. We want to welcome aboard Jeremy Webb, David Johnson, Joshua Spradling, Stephen C. Tallon, mm-hmm. Stephen Zweig, Hope Kaiser, Danny Mosco, Jeff Williams, Joe Koski, Tyler Curlin, Seth Parker, and Dustin Burke. And I'm telling you, welcome. As, as I'm reading that list, there's like 10 more that came. I mean, it, like I'm seeing a live feed and it just keeps popping up. I can't even keep up. It's just insane. I can't stop pointing this out. And I mean this genuinely. This is not a tactic or a sales thing or anything. I don't feel like what we do here is ever that good or organized yeah. or makes sense even at all. But I know to just, I mean, I can't argue with what is going on and this stuff is really working. The club gets bigger and bigger. People aren't right. leaving it. And sponsors come to us. I get these emails that we got a new sponsor for six months or whatever. Zebit is movement. It's all it's all these sponsors that we're getting, and they're coming to us because of you. And this is to me, I'm just genuinely like, okay, I guess you like what we're saying. I guess you like this damn <laughs> news. So Toby, roll it out. Let's do another news story. Hell yeah. All right. Now this comes from fightthenewdrug.org, which is a, uh, you know, kind of against porn site. Uh, well, not kind of, they're definitely against porn, but, uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, we might've kind of talked about this a little bit in the past, but I, okay. Everybody always, uh, you know, talks to me about how I talk about sex robots of the future, right? That's kind of like a thing that I guess I've just talked about a ton. I think people are a little bit, uh, misunderstand my meaning. I'm talking more about the social aspect of it and the love aspect of it about, I mean, obviously people are going to have sex with robots. That's whatever. That's just going to happen. But it's, I wonder how it's going to change humanity. But that, here, here's where I'll go with this. Um, from Fighting the New Drug, Pornhub officially launches virtual reality channel and gives away 10,000 headsets. And oh, I, I know, man. I already get, did, I got one. You, yeah, oh, y'all shoot. both subscribe, right? Yeah, oh, to, Toby got this new story from his email list directly. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got it from an email list, and then I had to go find it on this fight, this anti-porn site, to make myself look better. 
Pornhub is back with normalizing porn in our society, this time by embracing the disturbing new wave of porn in our society, virtual reality porn. Now, also, this is skewed on the Christian side or the side of porn being bad. So that's why they would say it's disturbing, which I, we we probably all agree. But um, just telling, just giving you that for reference. The mega porn site is the 65th most visited site on the internet, which is crazy, right? If you think about all of the internet, this is number 65. Um, and just announced that it launched a free virtual reality section, a first for the porn industry. Uh, Pornhub announced its partnership with online adult entertainment business, Badoink VR, <laughs> to offer free 360-degree uh, porn clips. The biggest porn site attracts over 60 million visitors per day and has over 4 million members paying for content through their membership. 4 million people pay membership subscription to Pornhub, I guess. Wow. Pornhub is featuring their but it's virtual. it's free, isn't it? I mean, can't, isn't it just all free? Uh, well, I Why guess you pay. Can, Who pays? You, you must get more. You must get like uh, uh, more options. <laughs> wow. I guess I'm not sure. Pornhub is featuring their virtual reality videos optimized for both Android and iOS mobile devices. I can see playable for VR. I get right, it. right through most virtual reality headsets such as Facebook owned Oculus Rift, Samsung, Samsung yep. Gear VR. Google Cardboard and smartphones to promote and launch. According to an interview with Fortune Magazine, investment analyst Travis Jekyll reports that adult virtu virtual reality content is forecasted to be one a $1 billion business by 2025, the third biggest sector behind video games and NFL-related content, which is just crazy. Now, here's the thing. Uh, one reason why I wanted to talk about the story is because I've been actually looking. At, when I was getting my new phone, my, my iPhone broke. And I was trying to figure out a new phone, so I went to the AT&T store, and they had one of these virtual reality uh, goggles there that you could test yeah. out, right? Have y'all seen those? Have y'all done it yet? I haven't done it yet, but I've seen I – mean, I keep seeing the videos where people, like, are on it, and they fall down. They think they're falling. They freak out. I can't – I'd love to try it. I'm excited about it. It's insane. I was just blown away. And, and here's why I was blown away, because it's, it's – it's not there completely yet. Like I, I just saw no, the it's future. Not. It's not. You know they what I mean? Don't have like enough internet speed. Like if whenever right. got, I think you'll need better internet speeds and stuff like that. But that's you know a few clicks away. But I mean, it was amazing. Here's what I'm saying. Like it was a for me, Toby Morrell. I was like, holy cow, this is just unreal. Like you look around and you just look at, like it. I mean, it is crazy. You are in a world for a second. But then I was just like, oh man, it's only going to get crazier and crazier and crazier. To what? To, to brings me to where I'm at now, to which I think um, it's all okay. You could argue right now that this isn't reality that we that we're, we're living in. When you walk outside and see the trees and the leaves, you know, changing in the fall and all that stuff. This is just our perception right now right. that a virtual world is just as valid, maybe right? Absolutely. It's so so much so that in a few years you might really be able to argue that to the point of you would go, yeah, I don't need to figure out having a husband. I don't need to figure out having a wife. That's so hard. Like what does, I mean, why would you try to convince somebody 50 years from now that they need to find a spouse when it's just so hard? I mean, yeah. we, already, we just, I just read an article before the break about sexless marriages. Well, uh, the VR world just alone, virtual reality takes that away. You have unlimited sex marriage or whatever you might want to be. And then obviously my next step would be some type of artificial intelligence a robot mm -hmm. that would take that away, and then you would be completely fulfilled. That they would meet every need. That if you were a uh, a girl that didn't, you're. I mean, honestly, just think about this. 
you're worried about what a guy's going to be like. Is he going to cheat on you? Is he going to be nice to you? Is he going to, you know, I mean, right. the date, the dating world is wrought with potential rape or danger or all this stuff. I mean, what if you have a guy that can do anything you want? He immediately knows your favorite yeah. books or favorite knows how to, you know, if you want to start jamming, he can immediately start playing the drums. And you can wail on the guitar or whatever. You know what I mean? Like all these things. And your favorite interest will be his favorite interests. Like you'll share, so, like you will have so much in common. Because I mean, obviously, they, I mean, they learn nonstop. So it to me seems like inevitable that we are going to move into a, a world where artificial intelligence becomes our personal interest, our personal love interest, maybe even. Now, is that? I mean, are we in danger of losing our humanity? Is that, I mean, how how I, bad you know, how bad will that be? I don't think that's what I'm saying. Things people get bent out of shape about things being different. Right. As I think people confuse different and bad a lot. They oh, just yeah. do. And so I don't know. I heard a lady on NPR talking about kids and their phones and they're being indoctrinated and stuff and it's gonna cause a culture of this and that, whatever. I'm just thinking, well, but that's what the future's going to be like. And yeah. everything we know about every time there's been something about the future, the future is always better than the past. Maybe we cross into a dystopian future because of VR or, or the internet or because of the printing press or because of women yeah. can wear whatever they want to now. Maybe we cross, maybe one of those things will ruin society, but it hasn't yet. So if my kids have screens and if people have sex with robots and somebody marries an AI, I don't have any reason whatsoever to believe that it's go things will be worse. I have well, no let's reason to believe that based on all of human history. So if that's what the future is going to be, Seems like it usually works out so far. At some point, we may cross the thing, but there's no reason to get bent out of shape that the next, oh, well, there's gay marriage now. It's over. VR yeah, robots. But okay, but let me, ask, let me ask Pastor Joey. Joey, are you going to be okay with a congregation full of people and their robots and they're in love? I mean, is, is that okay? Like, biblically, what, what do you think biblically about that idea? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can't even... I can't even wrap my mind around it. I mean, I right. just can't. So there's no reason but, to like, say I well, mean, you can't. You, it won't be okay. You you would. I mean, wouldn't no? But you technically couldn't you technically say that's like do you can you technically couldn't you technically say that's the same as falling in love with and having sex with like a watermelon or a mop? I mean, isn't it the it's same thing? Way better than a mop. Right. Oh but, yeah, yeah, well, yeah way mean, better, way better for sure. I'm just saying from, I mean. So, so I guess it I guess it comes down to what do you think about masturbation? Tony, you know which, which are you more a, a mop guy or a watermelon dude? Yeah, I would <laughs> love I, I I fell in love a long time ago with a watermelon and she broke my heart. But uh no no but but here's what I'm saying though. There's a real interaction here. Like you will think like where we're headed to like virtual reality. When I put those goggles on, I I here, here I I think it was some I don't know. I think it was like South America. It might have been Africa or something like that. But I was like in a plane, like on the planes, and a lady walked up and turned and started talking to me. And then I went to another place, and I just like it was crazy. Yeah. And I was like, "Holy shit! This is like a real, a real, real thing." It's like Wally, you know, where everybody's like just plugged in, and you're just like, it doesn't matter. Or what's that uh, Bruce Willis movie? You know what I'm talking about? Where Surrogates. Uh, yeah, Surrogates. what a great yeah, movie, by it's the way. It's one, great. Yeah. But, but I mean, like, that's headed this way, and I just want, like, all the things that you feel insecure about you, you might, but you know, just get rid of it. Or, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, a robot would never make you feel bad for, 
a weight gain or a weight loss or, uh, you know, something weird in your complexion or a, your nerdy laugh or your snoring or anything like that. Like, it's just crazy. Like, for example, Matt, you, you're a fan of uh, Black Mirror, right? You watch that show? show. Yeah. Like did you see cool. the show? Did you see the episode with the like the robot guy, her husband or boyfriend yeah, right. passes away? Right. And they, yeah. they reconstructed his personality out of a his phone messages and internet presence. It's really cool. If you hadn't seen Black Mirror. It's very reasonable. Yes. Very reasonable. Completely reasonable. And it and now it wasn't totally real. You know what I mean? Like there were some weird things there that wasn't a real person. So I wonder if the human spirit alone will cause you to go, I just can't do this. I want a real human that fucks up and messes up and might leave me. Like is that is that chance? Of somebody screwing up your life? The, the only question like, is, can it be simulated? Can that quality be simulated? Yes. Yeah, no? you might be right. You if might be right. But won't, won't you feel? How would you know the difference? Well, wouldn't you feel just awful if your robot left you though? Like, I think you just never want that. Like, I think <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, you're like, shit. I paid two twenty thousand dollars for this bitch. <laughs> fucking broke up I with guess me. He left me. That that's, but that'd be real, right? You could buy the robot. It could just dump your ass and cheat on you. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you want it to be real, that's a possibility, right? That Here, is hilarious. You're right. You're here's, right. Here's why I think it really will take off is because you've got so many people that have tried marriage and. They could not figure it out. They don't realize that the problem's with them. So I think marriages are going to continually over years become less and less successful and then become less and less common. And so people are just yeah. like, I'm too busy to invest into a relationship. And just like a female yeah, has vibrators and dudes have their Vaseline, it's just like, man, I can even step it up even more, flourish in my career and all that. But, but why, here's, we, why did you give women like good technology with vibrators and men still just in the just stone ages with Vaseline? Because we don't give a shit. Because we don't I mean, care. men just stuck way back in there. But let's not forget, too, this is just first world country. So I... I mean, amen, th this, amen, this, Joey. This this is not gonna affect like third world countries, but that this is what what Those poor freaks bastards. me out. <laughs> they can't, can't even get a sex robot. This, this is bastards. what freaks me out about technology, though. Is I think that first world countries would want to destroy third world countries and just dominate. Right. Yeah, I, I don't even know yeah, what you just know, said, but I got one. I, I got one more story one. here. Go. Uh, yeah, one more story here. This story is not about how women get electronics and men still stuck with petroleum jelly. Uh, okay, here's one of the reasons. Here's, here's a prime example that my last story today, and it comes from gizmodo.com, a prime example of why I think relationships are going to end because technology is so much more enticing, so much uh -huh. more enjoyable there's a phenomenon called p-fubbing and it's ruining our relationships i don't know if y'all have heard about this have you heard about p-fubbed no don't know it okay uh you know it's where you snub your partner by checking your phone during a date or leaving your iphone out within reach while you're on the snow on the sofa uh like snuggling together now two researchers say there's a strong there's strong evidence that your p-fubbing is wrecking your personal relationships and making you depressed joey the term fubbing became wildly popular in Australia and the UK a few years ago, shortly after the group in Sydney, shortly after a group in Sydney at, at Sydney University created Stop Fubbing PSA campaign. Uh, let's see. So it's basically phoning and snubbing. It's a mix of those words. Never seemed to catch on in the U.S. despite the fact that uh, we fub constantly. 
Maybe our North American accents make the sound a lot crappier than it should be. Still, the term seems to have caught on among U.S. academics. In a recent paper published in Computers in in Human Behavior at Baylor University, business professors James Roberts and Meredith David did a series of surveys to determine whether P-fubbing, which is partner fubbing, uh, was a thing. And if so, was it causing problems? Roberts and David polled over 150 men and women who were in relationships, asking them the following questions. And I want y'all to answer these questions too, real quick. So I'm going to ask you a question. Y'all just answer it. During a typical mealtime, my partner and I spend together. My partner pulls out and checks his or her cell phone. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. My Number two, my partner places his or her cell phone where they can see it when we are together. Yes. No. My partner keeps his or her cell phone in their hand when he or she is with me. Yes. Sometimes, yeah. When my partner's cell phone rings or beeps, he or she pulls it out even if we're in the middle of a conversation. Maybe. not 50-50. Yeah, no. My I mean, partner, my wife. My partner glances at his, his or her cell phone when, we, when talking to me. Yeah. During leisure time, my partner and I are able to spend together. My partner uses his or her cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm saying yes to most of these two. My partner does not use his or her cell phone when we are talking. Uh, yeah, these are starting to sound absurd to me. <laughs> Why? Because the but I mean I don't necessarily think they're that bad. That's a that's not snubbing. Does your opinion. partner use her cell phone or his cell phone when you are talking? You're having a conversation. Not not so much, but it's possible. It depends on what we're talking about. But I don't think all of those behaviors are snubbing or necessarily negative. What Roberts and like David inevitable. What Roberts and David found probably comes as no surprise to anyone who has ever argued with a partner who can't stop checking their messages. They found that people who have anxious attachment styles and relationships, in other words, people who fear being ignored or abandoned, react more strongly when their partner uses a mobile device. Furthermore, they found that there's a strong correlation between fubbing and conflicts over mobile devices. Ultimately, they say in their paper, the people who experience the most fubbing in their relationships also tend to have more conflict, and this leads to general unhappiness in their lives. So P-fubbing is an indirect but measurable effect on happiness, especially if you have anxious attachment style already, which I might have that. I might have, I, that's what I'm wondering. Like you're the people. I think, I, okay. Now both of y'all seem to think it's not that big of a deal that you would have your phone. Like you're, you're saying it's acting, Matt, you kind of took a hard stance there that it's not crazy that somebody would have their phone that much. No, no I but, think it but, is but, a big is that, deal to me. Do what? What'd you say, Joey? You think it's, I opposite? think, I think it is a big deal. It's just so common. And here's the thing is like Priscilla and I, we will both do all those things, but if we're called out by the other person, very rarely snap back because that's one of those things where we're like, oh, we totally know we're wrong. Okay. Like we should I would not suggest be on- that it's a flip side of another phenomenon, which is you get more stuff from your phone. So your phone centric because that's your information. So you probably spend less time. Let me give you a few things. This is off the top of my head. You probably don't see near as much of your wife looking through a magazine or the circular about what's on sale at the grocery store or watching TV and commercials, um, you know, uh, or there's a lot of things that you do a lot less of because you're getting stuff from your phone. It's replaced a lot of stuff also. So you can't just say, oh, I use my phone a bunch too. Well, there's a bunch of stuff we don't have to deal with anymore because our phone has replaced it in a positive way. So there's a possible downside there. Yeah. But 
you got to look at the time you buy back and the effectiveness and the productivity that your phone affords you that does afford you more okay, everybody. Does not everybody you know have a lot more leisure time to go to the park with their wife than they did 30 years ago? You might be right. Are you going to complain that she looks at her phone some? The technology that we have, the well, ability... Uh, uh, yeah, I think you might be giving a little bit too much grace there. Like, I mean, if you're going to if you're if you're going to the park, and you uh, and I'm talking about me too. Like, uh, let's don't put I mean, this on our wives. You don't uh, go to the factory for ten hours a day because of shit like technology and podcasts that no, are on but, your but, phone. That's uh, why you're around your wife all the time to see her on her phone. You're not on the no, farm but, uh, coming home at seven. And then, of course, she's not. I think you're talking first world here. I don't think everybody gets to do a podcast for a living and aren't at the factory either, man. I think I mean, a lot of people, is I would say ma- majority of people technology. aren't with their, majority of people are not with their spouse during the day. You're, you are an outlier. You're not the norm. I believe that fully. And also, when you get home, if you're sitting around the table on your phone, which I do, yep. and I've had to actually tell myself not to. It's a to, trade-off. I, I, I think that is something. I do believe that's something. You, you, you have your whole day to be on your phone. Maybe there should be a real cutoff. Because like Joe Rogan said, we, I was listening to one of his podcasts. It really kind of hit me. He says he treats it like a disease. Yep. He tries to stay as far away from his phone as he can, or else it gets him. And that's where totally. I'm Well, we got to totally. learn the rules of it. It's like, remember when cell phones came out and people wouldn't know that they got to put them down when it's time to order or check out. Like, it was weird. Like, people, you got to figure out the etiquette of how to do this stuff. But nonetheless, instead of going to the grocery store and a trip to Costco for three hours, your wife can click some Amazon. So it buys you some time as a couple. I mean, you got to yeah. look at the positive sides of that, too. Now, like my earlier story, I wonder if how much phone time reflects on how much sex time you have in your relationships. That would be an interesting <laughs> study to say. To, but that's you know, for another time. We are out of here, my friends. What a great first damn news episode. I, 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 I got to do this again. I'm really digging this. This was very yeah, fun. I don't know when, what, when we'll do, what we'll do. But let's do hey, it. and also, you guys had great comments. I want to commend you for your comments. It was very interesting for me to... Absolutely. Read these stories and hear what you had to say. So thank you guys very much. Thank you, listeners. And uh, this is The Damn News. I hope we do this again soon. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.